Welcome to our next episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the 5 Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Welcome again, friends, to another episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters. We are again honored to have our co-host, Dr. Khan Gopherson, with us. And today, we are in the Strategy Matters section and discussing this issue of the relationship of how Five Moments of Need can help us with workflow learning and all the buzz around that. Welcome, Khan. Thanks, Bob. Good to be here. So let's get right at this again, my friend. The, the, and let's start with sort of a broad macro for a bit, can we? So there's this 70-20-10 thing out there, which our industry is embracing, understandably. The numbers are enticing. Super simple way to explain to our consumers that learning's not just formal all the time. So totally get that. I biasly feel the five moments of need takes that to another level. So can you help us get some clarity around these two models, how they complement and so on. Sure. Well, 70-20-10 is all about where learning takes place. 70% in the workflow, 20% through collaboration, 10% in the formal learning environment. That's where it takes place. And depending upon the circumstances, those numbers can vary. But the five moments really is all about operationalizing those places. Mm. <laughs> and so many organizations will say, uh, yeah, we want to do the 70-20-10, uh, how? And, and so when you bring the five moments to bear, you know, the moments of apply, solve, change, learn new, learn more, and you're building a solution around that, that takes us into the workflow with some very operational ways in which we can systematically encourage workflow learning, systematically encourage collaboration, Collaboration is powerful, as we'll talk about at the moment of solve. So 70-20-10 is about where learning takes place, the five moments, how to operationalize it. So let's get to operationalizing. So help us understand how you feel or see organizations using these two models. Well, L&D leaders are using both of them to really justify and making a case for workflow learning. Right? And that's great. However you go about it, we want to shift from this very narrow view of the 10% to the bigger picture. So I appreciate anything, anything that we can find yeah. that will allow us Absolutely. to shift that conversation. But the five moments describes the context under which learners must learn, what drives them to engage in learning. These drivers are relevant to what's going on in the workflow at any given moment and how their learners are able to react to the challenges of work. And that's very important as we begin to prescriptively design and develop a workflow learning solution. Well, let me throw a little curveball at you for a second. Because okay. there's a term we're throwing around a lot that I would love your perspective on, and we're using workflow learning. I love it. In our work, Con, in the earlier years, we tried to sell performance support. We went out with that. And frankly, it fell flat on a lot of folks, especially learners. A buyer didn't care about performance support. That's our deliverable. And even in the learning world, performance support, candidly, 
I don't think it's fair, but like anything, it's kind of dated, frankly, in a lot of and, yeah. and people immediately think of job aids, fairly or not, right? And I totally get legacy. If I've learned anything in my career, branding. We are not good at branding in our industry. <laughs> we're we're going to talk yeah. about we're going to have a, a podcast on vocabulary, yeah, and issues around that in our industry. That's a whole other discussion. But so here we are throwing out yet another term, and I like it because when I use workflow learning with a buyer, give me a manager that doesn't want their people to workflow learning. But can you help us understand, be the guy to help us define the term? Okay, happy to do that. Well, if you step into workflow learning and define it with the mindset of learning, you're going to fail. Hmm. Because workflow learning is learning that occurs as people do their job. And there are a lot of misnomers about that. There are. Very dangerous ones. You talk to 10 people about what workflow learning is, and you could get 10 different definitions. And there's my concern. And suppliers are no help in all of that because they're just jumping onto the bandwagon saying, yeah, we do workflow learning. So one of the real challenges that we face right now in the world of workflow learning is this idea that if you have micro-learning, you have workflow learning. Nothing could be further from the truth. Micro-learning is one piece but it's the piece that helps us accommodate the moment of learn new and learn more. In the workflow, if you have a little micro-learning or learning burst that is going to help you in the workflow, great. But true workflow learning is learning that occurs as I do my job. And it's learning that occurs without me stopping my work to learn. The minute I stop my work to learn, I'm back in the formal side of things because I still have to transfer whatever it is that I've learned in that micro-learning piece, to my work. Whereas if you have a performance support infrastructure in place, like a digital job coach, an EPSS, and it's guiding me as I actually do my work, I am learning. So workflow learning has three flavors. Workflow learning is all about the consolidation of skills, the enhancing and increasing of skills that I started to learn about in a formal learning setting. I leave there and I transition with performance support helping me into my workflow and I'm continuously growing and developing. That's workflow learning. Micro learning is workflow learning. When I have to pause in my job and actually learn something in a very focused way, that's workflow learning. But real workflow learning, Bob, that's when I actually am learning as I do my work. So I'm going to push back on you then. I don't think the first two are flavors of workflow learning then. Because you at the end said, real workflow learning. That's the one I want, Khan. I'm so sick of this discussion. If I leave this earth with anything, my legacy is going to be branding and terminology. I hate, hate how our industry juxtaposes these grandiose things on things. And then our poor consumer goes, are you, what? So, yeah. so I want to pivot on two words you used and see if you're okay with it. There's a big difference between while versus in. Yes. That to me, right? That is Huge. the pivot. The micro-learning while. The, I'm sorry, in. The throw a learning burst in. The launching my LMS in the workflow. That is not workflow learning by, I think, the definition you're going through. True workflow True learning is, is while. It's yep. while, yep. right? And that, but I think there's huge implications for our audience and for our industry because that designing for that is very different than designing stuff that you make accessible 
in the workflow. That's very different, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because you may be learning, you know, pausing your work to learn in the workflow. And so it's close. It's more contextual. That's good. But I still have to go through the transfer. Yes. Whereas if I'm learning as I do my job, there's no transfer. It's there. And friends, I'm in the flow. So listen, listen, listen to this. This is a big deal. So we can, because for so long, this is where LMS has failed. We said JIT, because just in time, accessibility did not imply relevance. So just making things available in the workflow is not workflow learning. While I am learning, the sweet spot of it all is I don't even realize I'm doing it. So, yeah. and, it's, and that's hard. But where we're going, I think, in this five moments of need discipline is designing that while I'm working, not in the workflow, because I can throw anything in the workflow, but I have to cognitively step away often to transfer. You're talking about I am in the process of managing people, making the sale, dealing with a, a disgruntled customer online. And while I am doing that, not in, while I am doing that, this tool, this architecture, this framework supports me while doing the work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Big, big deal. It's huge because the cost to organizations to stop work, to learn, is huge. And the challenge of translating that to my work is a great challenge. And we have the opportunity to take a large portion. Uh, Consistently, we see about half of all of learning that's going on and push it into the workflow where people can learn as they do their work. That's a big deal. And it cost justifies. Oh, my gosh. It cost justifies the entire investment in the five moments. And, oh, by the way. It's the best way to learn. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah, by the way. <laughs> so let me, let me push you farther. Another okay. question. So friend, so if an organization wants to intentionally support learning in this workflow, so now we want to, we're going to get into the intentionality of this. So based on the workflow now that we have defined, which is this while learning thing, not just throwing things in there, what counsel would you give them to do this? I would just counsel you to think about performance to focus on performance, to have a mindset of performance, and to know and take time to understand what a true performance support solution, a digital coach, an EPSS can do. But there's also, we're going to talk more about how to distinguish, systematically distinguish those skills where you can't chance learning in the workflow because of the consequences of failure. Not everything can be learned or should be learned as you do your work because the consequences of failure are too great. The cost of failure is too great. And like I said, we've been doing this now for 20 years. And in that journey, we know that on the average, about half of what we have in our classrooms can be safely pushed into the workflow. So let's... uh Clear up some clutter here. Okay. And although, again, we're going to have an episode on this very topic in a bit, but help me with this micro-learning thing. So <laughs> we've done a yep. good job of kind of beginning to discuss the delineation between 70-20-10, five moments of need. Great point. Helps clear up the clutter. I think another disruptive conversation in our industry right now is this micro-learning thing. Can you help me understand what role does micro-learning play when it comes to workflow learning? Yeah, well, I, I'm not against making micro-learning available in the workflow. Small, targeted learning experiences 
that some call microlearning, we call learning bursts, are helpful when in the flow of work a performer needs to learn something new or learn more about something. I want to, within two clicks, 10 seconds, just quickly be able to get to that nugget and learn and pause my work briefly, learn, and then go to work. There is a place for that. But as you said, Bob, real workflow learning is as I do my job. Perfect. So let's kind of get to wrap up here. What do you feel are the overall benefits? Because our listeners now, here we go again, we're, we're challenging them to go out and fight for this. And, and fight for it means a lot to them. It means resources, potentially. It means funding, potentially. might mean buying a new system, potentially. And we've all run that flag up a flagpole. Help me give some benefits that they can say workflow learning gets. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, as I mentioned earlier, fundamental half of what we're pulling people away from their work to learn can be learned in the workflow as people do their jobs. And if you look at the lost opportunity costs, the time savings, that's huge. It's absolutely huge. Secondly, though, the time required to achieve effective performance on the job is shortened with workflow learning because I'm on the job And I'm doing it, and there's no real, as we mentioned earlier, transfer phase. I'm just doing my job and learning as I do it. It's huge. Experientially, I'm growing. But the third has to do with the reduction of error rates and our ability to solve. There is so much time being wasted in organizations today as people are trying to figure things out, solve, find what they need to find. And so this is in the world of Five Moment Solutions, and with collaborative learning, we can actually orchestrate that solve much more powerfully. You know, I think, Bob, learning and development stands on the threshold of a magnificent opportunity. And the stars of methodology, technology, and organizational readiness, are they're aligned right now where we can do things that we've never done before. And we can forever change how learning is viewed, and more importantly, how organizations perform at a tactical level. And it all begins with this shift in mindset that embraces all five moments of need with the moment of applied leading the way. That mindset shift uh, can lead us into that workflow to do what we need to be doing, which is helping people learn as they do their job whenever, whenever it's possible. Bold to go where we've never gone before. Absolutely. (laughs) We will end it with that. Brilliant, Con. Well, that's it for this episode of the 5 Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the 5 Moments of Need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our 5 Moments of Need website, which is www.5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.